this is Kyler Murray, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Nobody in this room is fast as this kid. He's like that little kid. You can't catch me. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... Snap to Murray, and he's going to keep it off the left side. He's at the 10, at the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Our guy is one of those that gives you a chance every Sunday, and at his best, you know, I don't know who's better in this league. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals. Now... Very uh, productive break for me. I just raided the pen closet here at the radio station. You ever have one of those days where every pen you use just doesn't work? Yeah. yeah I just irritating. didn't know it was called the pen closet. I don't know. That's what they... I don't know. It's, I mean, it was like... It was pens in a cupboard. I don't know. The pen cupboard? <laughs> the, the pen closet. Well, I, I walked know, out I there... I and called it the pen closet. Man, I was just like, I need pens now. I made it sound much more urgent than it was. Okay, and they were like, oh, we'll take you to the pen closet. Okay. Anyway, now it's it's empty because I took them. Did you ask the receptionist at the front there, Aaron? No. Did you ask her? You no, didn't. You no. just walked just in walked boldly. In I was like, you <laughs> Walked me. in there yeah. and said, no, listen, I've got, anyone who's got pens, give them yeah, to no, me. Yeah, no, I right just now. collection you know plate around the newsroom. I just walk out into the newsroom. Hey, you got a pen? Yeah. got a ruler? That's the way you are. But see, I want a permanent a solution. If ruler, you got a protractor. Does anyone use a ruler anymore? No. Anybody? I mean, you know, it's, what would you need a ruler for at this point? Peripherate some paper or something? I mean, okay. <laughs> what? I mean, Let's don't you use on. a ruler to measure? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I don't you, think we think see, a ruler is the I, same thing. I, just, I did just use a ruler. It's not like you're measuring. Uh, you know, I don't walk around measuring things. Did you use it to peripherate a piece of paper? Well, I was actually hanging some artwork oh, in wow. my, um, you know, living room, oh. and I needed to make sure that it's one inch gap between each pieces of artwork. Oh, I see. So I used a ruler. Would you go? A little Van Gogh? Did you go Van Gogh, maybe? Or no. Monet? N- Manet? Originals, all of them. Okay. I guess only pro bowlers have the major artists yeah, hanging so, in yeah, their um, right. house. <laughs> we do have Van Gogh. Love it, man. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like a, a original star, one? Starry night. Well, of course not, Mal. Oh. Stop it. I was going to say, what? Is it Vincent Van Gogh or like Dan Van Gogh, fullback yeah, for Purdue in 1987? Yeah, Van Gogh was messed up, too. Google it, my young crack. Right. <laughs> while you, while you can Google Van Gogh, we're right. going to talk about the Cardinals here. That's why he painted as heavy as he did, by the way, on the canvas. You, you never confirmed that it's the actual Van Gogh, though, and not like Dan Van Gogh. <laughs> no. Okay. It's just, it's a, let's just stop it okay. with the Van Gogh. All right. <laughs> You're the one There's only one up. Van Gogh, and we all know it. Okay. Uh, the Cardinals, I'm looking at two different uh, publications here, Wolf. We've got the NFL.com playoff predictions. And they had a bunch of their writers go through and say, okay, who's going to win the uh, the NFC West? Well, everybody takes Boy, the Rams. This, is, this yeah. is it, isn't it? This is the culmination of the list season right yeah, This here. is the end of this, it. This is it. That's why I'm, I'm okay. This isn't really a list. This is more predictions. This, well, yeah, all right, but oh, still. It's, are we going to have to do predictions here? We are. It is we? kind of a list, though, because yeah. it's like, let's get a list of every NFL executive we can. Put them all together. And then let's put it all together. And we'll say, who who's going to be good? Because lists, as we all know, is about speculation. I don't see Van Gogh on this list, but I see a bunch of uh, NFL.com writers and what, 25 of them, okay? Got the Rams, 18. 18 of the votes go to the Rams winning the NFC West. Seven go to the 49ers. Nothing to Arizona okay, or Nothing Seattle. changes for me. I'm going Rams, okay? Uh, they won yeah. the Super Bowl last year. Until, until you prove otherwise, you have to go with the Rams. Then I have this other story from The Athletic. This is NFL executives. This is five of them ranking the teams in the NFC. Okay. Okay. 
They collectively have the Rams number one. Okay. They collectively have the 49ers fourth as the first wild yeah, the first wild card. What? And they collectively have the Cardinals as the final wild card. These are executives too. These okay. aren't just randos okay. at our studio. Yeah, these aren't <laughs> studio some randos guys walking around, right? Yeah. Okay, um, how do you feel about that when you hear that? What's your reaction to that? Like? Right about where I'm, I'm just going to stay consistent where I've been all off season. If you don't have Rodney Hudson, you're probably eighth in the NFC. And if you have Rodney Hudson, you're probably top seven, most likely somewhere in the wild card range. Yeah. So I think uh, they are a playoff team with, with a with a healthy Rodney Hudson. Okay, so when I hear you say that right there, the first thing that jumps off the page to me, not the Rams, not even the fact that Cardinals would be number seven, which means they're the last wild card in, it's the 49ers. At number four. A lot of 49er love. Wow. Listen, I know they got a great roster. Oh, my goodness, do I know that. Offensively and defensively, I love their roster. And ladies and gentlemen, they play a physical brand of football as well. Do they not? They're going to line up. They're going to run the ball, attack the line of scrimmage, and use play action to throw the ball. Now, we'll see what they also do with Trey Lance, because to me, with Trey Lance, it's a blending of the old and the new. Here it comes. Exhibit A, I think, is going to be the 49ers. But, man, to say number four, okay, a wild card team, I get it. But to say that, um, I've... I have a hard time buying that when they just went out and signed Jimmy G and brought him back when Jimmy G himself said, I, you know what, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he that's said. That's basically what he said. Nate, Nate Sudfeld wasn't expecting it either. No, he wasn't. Here's $2 million to be Trey Lance's backup and maybe make a Super Bowl run. Actually, you're out. You're in Detroit. Sorry. <laughs> it's all the same, right? I mean, you still got paid. And we're going to talk about that at some point in time as well. Jimmy G and what Trey Lance is saying and what Jimmy G said. So, Put the two together. <laughs> Guess what, Trey? You better be looking over your shoulder. Oh, no, he's not. Didn't you hear Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine in San Francisco. Uh, but they are a good team. I mean, I would, I would still pick them to make the playoffs, too. The one thing that this list doesn't necessarily point out, but it's, it's what... I think you find if you look deep in the NFC, Wolf, is all the really, I shouldn't say all of, the the vast collection of really, really good teams this season seem to reside in the AFC. You know, like the Rams, okay. I get that they won the Super Bowl last year, but like Green Bay, I even have questions about them. Tampa, I have some questions. One of the five executives on this list doesn't even have Tampa making the playoffs. I wouldn't go that far. A San Francisco, really good team, but they have some questions. This, this to me is... is the pessimistic Cardinals fan that's like, yeah, great, you're picking the Cardinals because you, you live in Arizona. I think the Cardinals have upside. Do you really think New Orleans, Detroit, Washington, the Giants, Chicago, Seattle, or Atlanta have upside? Yeah, no. I, mean, I really think there's only like eight no. legitimate playoff contenders in the NFC anyway, and seven of them make it. Yeah, and you know, again, if you're number seven, if you're the number seven team in the NFC, yeah, I could see a nine and eight. I could see 10 and 7, somewhere in there. I would think 10 would get you in. Guess what? To me, right now, that's where I put the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, right around that range. Right around there. Either 8 and 9, 9 and 8, 10 and 7. Somewhere in there. Now, that could change, obviously, based on what we see and how they go out and play. It's, it's not a prediction. It's a guess is what it is. But to me, I could see them being right there at that number 7 spot. Man, I hope they win the division. I hope they roll, okay? But 
I think it's more likely they're nine and eight, ten and seven, somewhere in there. All right, we come back. We talked about Gambo's story that the uh, the Suns may be trying to get Boyan Bogdanovich. He's going to join us next to explain. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke here on a Friday before a three-day weekend. And when we come back, Wolf, it's football season officially. It really is already in college. ASU got started last night. But we had some Suns news, courtesy of our own John Gambadoro. And, of course, you can hear him 2 to 6 every day with uh, with Dave Burns. And he is our Arizona Sports Insider as well. He's joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Gambo, uh, how's it going this morning? And I, and I want to start with the uh, the, the Suns, the, the, their interest in Boyan Bogdanovich that you reported yesterday because I got to be honest on paper that makes a lot of sense three-day weekend let's go I'm ready <laughs> Very the Good lead. Time. yeah yeah no the Suns uh, the Suns have reached out to the Utah Jazz expressing interest in Boyan Bogdanovich the small forward uh, who is who's you know who's available he's available for, for the right price uh, there are a handful of teams that have called the Jazz with interest in, in Boyan the Lakers included as one of those teams but yes, the Suns, the Suns have had interest in Boyan Bogdanovich. They, they did reach out to the Jazz very recently, and uh, are going to see if they can try to get him. You think that's the biggest obstacle? Is just other teams being interested? Because it doesn't seem like he serves much purpose for Utah. Big picture. No, he doesn't serve purpose for them. I mean, they could extend him. They really like him. I mean, he's, he, he belongs on a team that's going to contend. He's versatile. He could shoot the three. He could you, you could post him up. He could play off the ball, which is what you want. You want a guy that can play off the ball. Uh, but he's a spot-up shooter. He could shoot from three. He could shoot in the mid-range. You could post him up, and he can score. He could score at all three levels. He's not a great defensive player, but he competes. You know, he's tough, and he's physical. So he'll definitely compete, but he's not considered a great defender. He's not swift at all. He's got one year left on his contract, and it's a lot of money. Now, what I will tell you guys is that I checked in with the Suns when they were looking to get Durant, and they weren't interested in Bogdanovich in a three or four team trade that got them Durant for the simple reason is that they didn't, if they got Durant, they didn't need another scorer. They would have needed defenders and passers. So if they ended up with Durant, Bogdanovich made no sense to them. They weren't interested in that. Mm-hmm. But without Durant, they're Still looking for another scorer. This guy would give you exactly what you needed. He is a terrific scorer. Yeah, Johnny. No, I know, man. He is very, very intriguing right here. What do you think the Suns would have to give up for him? Well, they don't really have what it would take right now. So my gut feeling is you're going to have to get a third team involved. They're not going to give up Cam Johnson or Mikhail Bridges. And, you know, they, they don't really, you know, their picks are going to be the 30th pick in the first round. So you wouldn't be able to just say, here's an expiring contract and one first round pick. That That's not going to get it done. So what I would what I would expect is that you're going to have to give up multiple first round picks. Uh, maybe two. If you want to get a deal done without anybody else, you're probably talking about two first round picks. Yeah. Um, if not, then you probably have to get a third team involved to make the deal work. And remember, the other thing is that his, his salary, his salary is like nineteen million. So it's it you know you you, might, you almost have to put like two expiring contracts into the deal to get him. Uh, talking to Gambo, obviously, Gambo. If they can't get Bogdanovich, do you get the sense that they are you know, they're still going to pursue other avenues before the start of the season? 
No, I think they're very limited, Luke, with what players that they would get now. I think that they're, you know, there are a few guys that they they, they would be interested in, but I don't think they're desperate to do anything. Um, they have the six and a half million dollar taxpayer exception that they plan on using, but they don't have to use that now. Like they could use that at the trade deadline. They could use that in the buyout market. So they could kind of go into the season, see what's working, see what's not working, and then determine how to use that money instead of doing something right now before the season season even starts. Okay, Johnny, uh, let's go ahead and look at the Arizona Cardinals. I want to get your thoughts on the 53. Any surprises on the 53? You know, I thought all along that the five running backs were going to make it, Wolf. I, I thought all five, they like, they love those guys. Like, they I loved all five. <laughs> and and so, I don't know, you thought the same thing, right? No, I did not. I oh, mean, yeah. No way in the world in a one-back offense you were going to keep five running backs. I know. I know. They didn't want to put Keontae on the practice squad and risk losing him. Yeah. They like they like Daryl, and they like Eno, and, um, you know, Connor's going to be the guy. They're not going to dress five guys. But I, I had heard all along that they wanted to keep all five, that they wanted to keep five. And, you know, Ward's going to be more of a special teams guy. So if you, you take him out of the running back mix, well, then it's four. And, uh, yeah, I just think with Keontae, they just really liked him. And I think they didn't want to you know risk putting him on the practice squad. So I think that's a little bit of a surprise. And then the Isabella thing that I reported last week is that, you know, that he was told the night before that he made the 53-man roster, but he was hoping for a trade. Like, he, he wants to go somewhere where he can play. He doesn't want to be buried again and not get an opportunity to play play. Um, I, I'm not surprised that him and Dorch both made it, especially with the uh, the situations at wide receiver with Wesley and Hopkins. Um, the young defensive linemen, you know, Demu Keiji, look, Demu Keiji just beat Kennard out and, and Luketa out. He just beat those guys out. So they're, they're very young there. So I'm curious to see if they would do anything else. I know that they, they've had slight interest in Indomitian Sue if he was going to come cheap, but I don't know if they still have that interest, but um, you know, McSorley, I, I mean, I think I'm happy with that, that they were able to get him through on the practice squad and have to not have to have a roster spot given up to a quarterback, so I mean, overall, that's probably my initial impressions. Going back to what you said about Isabella, is is there a sense now that he's on this? I mean, they, they may need him the first few weeks without Hopkins and yeah. Antoine Wesley, or is is there still a thought from him that he ultimately wants to be traded and maybe he's a chip they use to try and get more help on defense? No, like the, the Jets, you know, Mims didn't want to be with the Jets, and they were like, no, but we kind of like you, so you're probably going to play more. So, you know, it happens. I mean, sometimes a guy's like not happy and doesn't think he's going to play, and the team likes him, and it's like, okay, well, you know, just give us a chance. So, um, I, I mean, in, if Isabella gets an opportunity, I mean, he flourished. Him and Dorch were both great in in camp and in the preseason. The question is, are they going to get opportunities? And that's where he wasn't. He would prefer to trade because he just didn't feel like he was going to get that opportunity. But I've got to think with you know no Wesley and no Hopkins that I think he will get some opportunities in the first couple of weeks. Johnny, talk to us a little bit about uh, Antonio Hamilton and what came down there in the cornerback room. Is there a possibility that they? still might be looking for another corner. You know, that I don't know, Wolf. I mean, I, I had I had told everybody that they were going to trade for a cornerback, and they right. did with Trayvon Mullen. So I'd been saying for a couple of weeks that what I'm being told is that they will trade for a cornerback. They did that. Then they added another one with Guidry when they claimed him. I 
don't know if they're looking for another one right now. I really don't know. With Hamilton, what I was told was, um, you know, and I had thrown out some hints, you know, over the last couple of weeks. But what what I was told was that he was cooking in the kitchen and with hot oil, and the oil uh, obviously spilled onto his arms and his legs. There was blistering uh, that was taking place, and. At that point, that's where there was a concern. He was, he was he went to the hospital. He went to the burn unit at the hospital because he spilled the hot oil on himself. And the concern was the blistering yeah. and what's called compartment syndrome, which has to deal with the blood flow in the feet. So they were concerned about that. So he did end up going, you know, to the hospital, treated at the burn unit, um, you know, for the hot oil on his feet and his arm. He tweeted out a picture of his feet, but um, I was told also that 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 it got on his arm as well. So. Um, I don't know. I would imagine somebody told me that uh, that's a, that was involved with this, that the situation is somewhat similar to Antonio Brown when he burned his feet in the cryo chamber a couple of years wow. ago when he first got on the Raiders because you got to deal with the blistering and the dead skin. So it's not completely the same, that's but it's right. a little bit similar. I mean, if he was treated at Valley Wise Medical Center in downtown Phoenix, that's where he went. But I would imagine that with, a, with burns, I mean, think about putting your cleats oh, on and yeah. having to run. Like... Oh. Right, I mean, no, I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I forgot about the Antonio Brown thing, man. It's a good comparison, yeah, right there. Yeah. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah, cryo chamber, and uh, you know, he had a lot of blistering and dead skin that he dealed with. He had to deal with it. again. This isn't exactly the same, but from what I was told, it was it's it's similar in those ways because yeah. of the blistering in the skin. Well, Gambo, we appreciate the time. I know you got a show to prepare for, but thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Johnny. All right, boys, you got it. Take care. Thanks a lot. That's Gambo joining us right there. Of course, host of the Burns and Gambo Show, two to six every weekday, right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Which players need to step up for the Cardinals in 2022? Which ones are most likely to? Fulcrum football. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? That's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Lou. Training camp slash preseason edition of Fulcrum Football. So we're going to go kind of big picture for the season because Wolf, when we play next week, we'll have a specific game to base our picks around. That's going to be huge right there, no doubt. This is good. A little Fulcrum Football on a Friday before Labor Day. Fulcrum Football. Look at that. That's you. You won. Oh, okay. You you pointed to me. You won first. You called for heads? Uh, No. Who calls for heads? Well, if you go first and. That's why I was going to say heads. Mm. Oh, look, it's you. No, but it tails never fails. I always go with tails. No, you always go tails on yeah. the road. If, if, well, if you just if you had gone tails, the Suns would have had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, And stop too. and think about it. When you're on the road, right, the road team always gets to call it. Never forget that. I, I and try you not always to go that. tails. Nobody says heads. I bet one Nobody. person did. And, it, and then sometimes um, the official gives you the wrong call anyway, even okay. when you say tails. Let's see. The player that I we, get, we, we should give the category okay, for people. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> for all, I thought you already did listeners. that. No, the coin flipped as I was still going we these are players that are most likely to improve for the cardinals this season so okay. remember last year all season you were going byron murphy's really improved isaiah simmons is what i kept saying over the course of the year we're going to try and predict that for this year uh, okay um a little bit different than the category i thought we were going with but that's fine okay oh, what did you i'm going to start going? with zaven collins okay let's go 
Zayvon Collins right here. I think Zayvon Collins really needs to step up and will step up for the Arizona Cardinals. He is the biggest question mark that I've had this entire offseason. He's the biggest question mark I've had all the way through training camp and through the preseason. His development has been up and down. He's going to play. He's going to be your starting Mike Linebacker against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to play. He's going to be in there. How many reps he gets, we're going to have to wait and see. But to me, right now, Zayvon Collins, more than anybody else, could be a difference maker if he'll just step up and play okay. Not even play lights out. Just play okay. Zayvon Collins can make a big difference. All right, that's a good pick. It's the last time I'm going to compliment one of your picks for the entire 2022 season, so I hope you uh, make the most of that. Wolf, I'm going to go offense, and I'm going to go with Rondale Moore. Carry on. Rondale Moore, a uh, a guy that they're going to need to step up in the first few weeks of the season, obviously with no Hopkins, now no Antoine Wesley, seemingly. Uh, but also a guy that seems primed, before he got hurt this offseason, or this this training camp, seems primed to take the ne- next step anyway as they try and get him more involved down the field. Okay, that is a good pick right there, but it's not the right pick. Oh, it well, isn't. Listen, you're going to see a theme, my brothers. You're going to see a oh, theme boy. with my picks, as I am wont to do in Fulcrum football from time to time. My number two guy's got to be Isaiah Simmons. Ah. There we go. Zayvon Collins, number one. Isaiah Simmons, number two. All offseason, those two inside linebackers to me, they were the fulcrum as to the type of season the Arizona Cardinals could have on the defensive side of the ball. If those two guys play well, oh my goodness, look out. Isaiah Simmons, specifically right now, doesn't have to get the vast majority of reps as the weak side inside linebacker. Oh no, he does not, even though he's got the green dot. That's interesting. I don't care how much they move him around, whether he's playing safety, whether he's out in the slot, he's coming off the edge. I really don't care. What I care about in regard to Isaiah Simmons is that he makes plays that changes games. He's my number two Fulcrum football. We, we had a couple rules for Fulcrum football. One is I always get to draft Isaiah Simmons. I thought that was kind of like an understood thing. Yeah, and I took the Zavin. I know. You can have Zavin, but I, but I, I was get consistent. Simmons. Okay, well then this is the second rule of Fulcrum you know football. What? Win the coin toss. Well, I tried. <laughs> I should have said heads. Uh, <laughs> the other rule of Fulcrum football is if you take a player that I want, I'm just going to get spiteful. So I'm going to go ahead and take <laughs> Victor Dimukeji with my next pick. Whatever. Whatever. I'll do what I want. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Great sound. Victor Dimukeji. Yeah, Victor Dimukeji. Because he has already shown improvement, but it's only been preseason and camp. They need him to step up and be one of the main pass rushers on this team. And uh, also partially because I know you really like him and you were making some very favorable comparisons between him and some other great defensive players before the show. And I just don't want you to have him. What do you mean? Like... James Harrison? He did mention James Harrison's <laughs> name in the pre-show meeting. Okay, um, that's that's not bad, okay, but still, the defensive theme continues with me. My number three fulcrum football player, Marco Wilson. <laughs> oh, Marco, 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 Marco Wilson, um, will the real Marco Wilson please step off that line and come forward? 
Um, I love the way that he competed in preseason game number three. But up until preseason game number three, there were guys that were saying, oh, kind of like the head coach, guys that were saying, Marco Wilson has got to go out there. He's got to play better. He's got to show us that he's not going to be complacent. That, to me, um, puts the magnifying glass over Marco Wilson right now and could totally change the season for the Arizona Cardinals if he plays like he did through the first 10, 11 weeks of last year. Yeah, in the truest spirit of fulcrum football, guys that can swing things one way or the other, like good or bad, Marco Wilson might be at the very top of that list with Zayvon Collins. If like if he plays well, yep. this could get real fun. If he doesn't, this could get real ugly. Um, there's a name out there that, that may actually end up having, at least on the surface, the most improved season by the time all is said and done in 17, 18 weeks. So I, I got to take him, even though I really want to take more defense just to spite you. But you know Benjamin. Feel great. Poetic justice. Eno right now listed at number two on the depth chart. Now, I know it's Eno and Daryl Williams kind of splitting number two based on the situation of the game. But Eno Benjamin Wolf has never been number two on the Cardinals depth chart before. And they have been talking him up now for three months. Interesting right there. What is that all about, Eno Benjamin? Why are you listed as number two? Is that because you are the change up to James Conner and Daryl Williams is the backup? To James Conner? Interesting. More on that as the show unfolds. Okay, my fourth. My fourth. Wait a minute. Fourth. I don't even know if we're talking about that as the show unfolds. You're just making promises that the show sheet can't cash. Yeah, we are. Oh, we're I talking just, about it. Yeah, of okay, course we all right. are. Well, now we um, are. Yeah, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. Get ready for that. All right. <laughs> um, okay, number four, the number of the world. Number four, a very good number. If, in fact, you're ever going to play the game of football, you want the four on your jerseys. Isn't that right, two, four? Um, number 45, Dennis Gardak is my fulcrum football. Oh, Gardak the Barbarian, what is good, Gardak? Listen, um... Dennis Gardeck is going to be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals against the Kansas City Chiefs. He's exactly what I'm talking about in terms of Vance Joseph and his complex pressure packages. You're talking about a very smart guy. You're talking about a guy that understands defense. You're talking about a guy that will be able to disguise a lot of his intent. It's one of the reasons why he had, what, seven sacks and 93 reps? Pretty good ratio. Pretty good ratio right there. He's going to do very, very well, I think, in Vance Joseph's pressure package scheme. We'll have to wait and see. But no doubt, Dennis Gardak, my fourth Fulcrum football. Yeah, he was going to be my next pick. This will be the final pick here. Players most likely to be the most improved Cardinal when all is said and done at the end of the season, Wolf. I don't know that this guy will be the most improved, but the bar has been set pretty low the first three years, and he seems to be on a mission to take a major step forward this year. So I'm going to go with Andy Isabella. Is... Um, okay, that's good. You know what I'm going to do? I just need to get this out right now. I, I do. Yeah, I need okay. to force this. My fifth Fulcrum football in player. In a four-round draft, Wolf takes in the fifth round. Nick Vigil. I like big butts and I cannot lie. No, he does not. <laughs> Nick, you do not. Sorry about that, bud. Whatever, whatever, I'll do what I want. I, I'm just saying Nick Vigil right now. Guess what? 
He's going to play a lot of weak side inside linebacker. He's going to make an awful lot of calls out there on the field. And Zayvon Collins is going to be right next to him. Nick Vigil could have a massive impact on this season. Step up, big boy. All right. Well, since you forced that pick in, I've got to pick one to match. So, Wolf, guys, they're going to show the most improvement this year. As we go to break, it's going to blow your mind. Kyler Murray. Wow. How about some of that? Yeah. Well, uh-huh. once again, I get a dispute with the category. <laughs> I'll you, talk to you in the not-so-beautiful part of the program. You were so upset you made 87 picks. At quarterback from Oklahoma, number one, Kyler Just settle down. God, what a great pick. good. Yeah, I win. If you're talking about most improved, I didn't think we were talking about that. <laughs> we'll sort this out during the uh, the break. All right, that was Fulcrum Football. We're sending you and your Wolf Pack to see the Cardinals take on the Raiders in Vegas, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino. Just text Vegas yeah, to 620, 620 and listen for your name next Tuesday for your chance to win. Plus, qualifiers are going to win tickets to that Cardinals home opener next weekend. That's Vegas, 620, 620. We come back. ASU did what they were supposed to do last night. So what does that mean for this season? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. Really, right now, it's just the Ann Luke Show. Aaron, have you seen my co-host recently? No, I think he's still crying about Pitt. Okay. <laughs> Wolf doesn't want to do any more college football segments because he doesn't want to be ambushed by Mark May. What happened? Honestly, what did, what did I miss? Uh, we we really we actually solved the meaning to life, but oh, yeah, for some reason, that. those 30 seconds are not available on the podcast, so you can't even go back and listen. Okay, what exactly are we doing right here? Did I miss a good rejoin? Did we actually play a re... No, it doesn't well, Yeah, we played like filter. No, no, sorry. We no, played, no, that was yeah, it. I can tell you did not play okay, filter well, right there, yeah. That was the frat house on a Friday night. <laughs> Friday night frat house. Uh, we're going to talk a little. Back is Daniels. Throws the pass. Intercepted on a tip. Running with the football. And it's MJ Devonshire still on his feet. He's at the five. He's into the end zone for a Panther touchdown. You have to be here. Let's go. I don't care. You should know when you attack command. Hey, it's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountaineer. Come on, you Stop old grads. Join with us, young lads. You old grad. Hey, hey, hey. And we do mean old grads. Okay, look. Um, yeah, okay. West Virginia slid the shorts on. To the Pitt Panthers last night. It was terrible. Uh, we would have won the game as long as we could have tackled. Or Don't take ball. it personal. Me and Whoop always get into it. He went to an inferior school than I did. You know, most of, okay, the, most of the people that went to school that don't have their teeth. <laughs> You're so funny there. We actually, You're so funny. We have an update to that, too, because Craig Grealou, who's frequently on the show, had tweeted out last night, hey, bragging rights for Larry Fitzgerald and James Conner. Sorry, Wolf. Backyard brawl. And uh, Larry Fitzgerald, never heard of him? He responded to Gree and said, if Wolf had teeth, he wouldn't be smiling, okay. I can assure you. You know what? Um, thank you. I appreciate you. And then Dave Pash also. Another dive bomb. Friend of the show responded, dude. 
What? Dave Pash responded, just dude. Pash responded to him? Well, he responded to the two crying emojis. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's crying, laughing that. emojis. David, stop it. No, I think it's... Pandering to Fitz. I think it's, it's, it, it wasn't Pandering. the only response. My was favorite thing, too, was that Fitz quote tweeted an Arizona Cardinals tweet from 2016 of him tackling yeah, you. That was the videos right there. I've been watching you get tackled for the last hour and a half. Where do you see all this stuff? Is There's that? this thing called the internet. <laughs> and you can even get it on this your phone. thing called Twitter that you were uh, tagged in? Yeah, no, I did. I, I actually, I saw it. I just didn't go as deep as you uh, guys are going into it right exactly. now. I mean, you didn't have to go deep. You just had to pull up your okay, freaking right. account. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, he's, it's what? never been a beef, but the opponent has been laughable at best for the past 20 years. Wow. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't laughable when I was there, Lair. That's all I know. We'd have thrashed you back then. All right? That's all I'm telling you. And did. Well, let's see. No, Dan Marino, he he beat us. Yeah. That set up a bullying score by fullback Ron Wolfley, which knotted the score at 10 after 30 minutes. What is going on? This was not the goal at the one. Great game. Wolfley, touchdown. What's this video? This is not the beautiful part of the program we planned. It's it, not on the show sheet. It, it was, it's weird hearing these highlights of you scoring touchdowns because I'm watching this video of you getting wrapped up by Fitz on the sidelines in 2016. And you just laid there and looked back and was like, who did this? Do you know why? Can I just say this right yeah. now? Because there have been an awful lot of people that they comment to me about that tweet right yeah. there. The, the tackle. It is prominent. Um, yeah. The tackle. Listen, uh, first of all, that's what pit guys do. <laughs> Okay, they tackle you from behind when you don't know it. Okay, they dive by. Never trust a guy from Pitt. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I laid there on the ground because as I was going down, I was already laughing. I knew exactly who it was when I felt the arms around the leg. I knew exactly who it was, and I went down, and I couldn't believe I allowed myself to be put in the position where Fitzy was going to tackle me. I laid there on the ground and just laughed. You can see that you're laughing, because you turn around before you go down and see who's randomly tackling me on the sidelines. Do you know what nobody did film is the fact that the quarterback club luncheon that was the next week... Here I am in a suit. I'm up there in front of the quarterback club. You know, here we go. All these people are out there, um, and we're, we're putting on a show for them. And I'm introducing all of myself and Paul Calvisi, I should say. Paulie, introducing all the players, bringing them out one at a time. I introduce Larry Fitzgerald, and as I'm looking at my sheet, he tackles me again. <laughs> I'm in a suit on stage in front of all these people. He did it again. Wolf. Wolfley. That was that was uncalled for. See what you get. And at the same time, as soon as you feel the arms going around, you know one thing. Don't kick your leg. Don't don't jerk your leg out. Don't try to pull it because you know who it is. It's Fitzy. It's Larry. And do you want to break his jaw? No, you don't want to break his jaw. You don't want to hurt him. So you so you go down, and he knows you're going to go down. Oh, you fail to keep your head on a swivel again. If only we have the highlight of that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> down goes Wolfley. That's it right there. There's always somebody recording something. There it is. See, and Paul was there once again. Yeah, he was. He seemed pretty happy Paul. about it, actually. Um, you've nearly derailed me from ASU. Okay, but, uh, listen, um, but I'm going to bask in the glory of this. this win. 
What what is what what is the most beautiful thing about what you saw last night? I, I know you're playing NAU, but what is the best thing? Uh, well, the running game, but I know you can only take that at what seventy percent because they were playing NAU. Um, Why seventy? Why did you go seventy percent? Uh, just feels like a good number. Seventy <laughs> percent. You can only take it seventy yeah. percent when you watch them play NAU. Yeah, that's well. I just I, are you really going to sit here and be like, oh, ASU's got the best running game in the nation because they ran all over NAU? I tell you, Wolf, I really am encouraged by how how all-in on Tempe and ASU Emory Jones appears to be. This is a guy that was a quarterback in the SEC. I know he wasn't like the top quarterback in the SEC, otherwise he wouldn't have transferred. But for all the talk of all the players that left ASU, and myself included with that talk because a lot of players left ASU, I'm encouraged that you have a guy on this team that has the pedigree that he's had that is very, seems at least, very invested in being here. And I'm not just basing that on his post-game interview last night, although that helps, but uh, just a lot of the stuff we have heard for the, the last few months leading up to this. Again, the the issues that ASU is going to really have in terms of wins and losses are probably going to come next year and the year after. So it's, yeah. it, right now, you can still you can still sneak up on some people this year. See, for me, once again, when you play a football game, you're trying to prove that you're better than the other team. The the You're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to prove something. And the only thing I think the Sun Devils could have proven last night is that they were going to suck buttermilk this year. Because if they would have lost to NAU, they would have proven they're going to suck buttermilk this year. Nothing to gain, that everything to lose. That did, exactly right. That did not happen. They went out and they took care of business. And it started on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And I salute them because they took care of business. They did have a penalty in the first half that brought back a pick six. They also had a penalty after making a stop on third down that gave NAU a first down. And it was only 3 nothing at the end of the first quarter. So I'm not, I'm not going to play in the parade just yet. Sure. But they finished the game with only five penalties. Now, again, you're, you're not playing Utah last night, but... Five penalties, 45 yards. You know, look, every coach is going to be like, I want zero penalties ever. But that's fine. That's that's not what the numbers I was reading last year from that game against BYU where you had 15 for 121 yards and whatever they did against Utah that was equally as bad. Um, I would say as good as you could ask for from last night, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I see how they perform against Oklahoma State, who might be a top 10 ranked team by next yeah, week. Yeah, I think we all will. No doubt. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's the prudent way to proceed right now. But again, um, they took care of business. That was my number one takeaway, and I liked what I saw from Emory Jones. He looked good. Coming up next, all of the top stories of the day in one spot. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is right around the corner. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.